I was going to wear my hair down and a hat, but do you guys get headaches when you wear hats? This is the only, the reason I love this hat is it's the only one I own that like fits over my enormous head. I've been wearing hats a lot in the past few months mm-hmm. because I don't get any haircuts. Yes. And not getting haircuts I do. makes my week. hair. Yeah, I can tell. It's good. You're cleaned up, clearly. You're just clearly so well cleaned yeah. up. I like to it's stay, a dope hat. I like to stay neat. Yeah, um, but but same prop. We should measure mm-hmm. the circumference of our heads. We are we are clearly. I mean, I've just, we're all we're all various. We're all obviously very high T. We know this. That's why we're on a fitness podcast. We have a very kind of alpha energy. We put the T uh, in fitness. Exactly. <laughs> but I don't think the high T, when it expands head size, expands cranial capacity yes. so much as the size of one's face. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So Jocko Willink, he is a smart fellow. I'm sure his brain is big. Yes. But it's mostly just all the all the just giant mm-hmm. ham yeah. side the of surface, ham. Yeah, the exactly. surface area of your face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The T zone. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. why it's called the T zone. Yes. Yeah. It's like a piece of ham had the texture of the surface of the moon that is what tea will do to your face huh, but yeah. the brain i don't think it has anything to say about it mm-hmm. you know I, I saw a picture recently of uh hackenschmidt the guy who invented the hack squat oh okay that's where that comes from and he's oh, all nice. quads now from the early well he's dead <laughs> his quads uh, have taken over his whole body from the early uh 1900s remind me with the with the the hack squat is like a yeah. deadlift but the bar is mm-hmm. behind you Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the hack squat. He was like a, uh, who's a wrestler, uh-huh. and he was like one of the originators of barbell culture, mm. and he was so fucking jacked. <laughs> so fucking jacked. You love to see it. You yeah. do love to see it. Uh, he had, according to his, his wrestling numbers, which obviously are, you know, inflated for mm-hmm. a little bit of, uh, I don't know, like they'd put it on circus fucking shows right so they'd be like this man has you know like they have the, the oh so he was like a pro yeah, wrestler wrestler oh okay when do re- when do re- when do wrestlers start inflating all of their numbers all the time no no, no, no like this yeah. was, this was before i think yeah, the, yeah. the 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 there was like wrestling in the <laughs> wrestling <laughs> this was like before there was like olympic wrestling he was like yeah, a wrestler well, like the I, late I, 1800s i think i think, oh, I think okay, olympic wrestling you, did precede the late 1800s by a little bit oh god okay. so he, he was doing so this wrestling. was this was, was this was, a, was this was old timing this was this is old that timing that's so, what i mean old timing so, so basically you mean it's inflated because everyone had big mustaches and all the barbells were spheres is what you're yeah. saying yeah yeah what okay. i'm saying is like it's inflated the way they would say like this man the strongest man in yes. the world has lifted eighteen thousand yes. elephants with his teeth Yes, exactly. Oh. With a chain he's holding with his teeth, they're attached to his scrotum. Yes. Mm-hmm. This man mm-hmm. is going to pull an entire caravan <laughs> of <laughs> railway cars. This man has a set of teeth attached to his scrotum <laughs> from which the railroad cars hang. Yeah, well, that's the key. That's exactly what Come I'm talking about. Anyway, see a real-life said- mermaid. She has nine genitalia. <laughs> Count them. <laughs> Yeah, those types of shows. Those yeah. types of shows. Anyway, yeah, yeah. I was I was reading it, Come and apparently the monkey boy, he had a 22-inch neck. Sewed to his face. <laughs> sewed to his face. They would do anything to get had, people's had, nipples back then. He had a 22-inch neck. Hmm. I didn't know where, I didn't know know where you're what's going. A, what's a good comparison of neck size? What, no what neck is the numbers. average man's My neck, neck is, I think, kind of large for my body, yeah. and it's almost 17 inches. Mm. Interesting. Interesting. And he was my height. Oh. Mm-hmm. And apparently only 205 pounds, yeah. so also my weight. Yeah. But Uh-oh. he had a 22-inch neck. So his nice. head was attached to traps. So basically. His, his, he basically had a, yes. had a body 
and then a tree trunk, yes. and then his skull. God so bless. basically his shoulders formed a pyramid, and on top of that was a sphinx if head. You, I'm ju- that was him. You know what? I might as well just show you what he looks like, because he looks, and this is a visual yeah. podcast, so everyone yeah. is going to yeah, be well, able to see this. It is kind of. There is a mm-hmm. visual you can version. plop it in right here. Yeah, and Armin will cut in a picture. Yes. Yeah, look at this guy. He's not going to do it. Look at this guy. Yeah. Which is why I'm saying, by the way, he's, he doesn't, he clearly doesn't have a 22 inch neck because, you know, that would be like a fucking quad. Well, he would, proportionally, he would have to be about eight and a half feet tall. But he does have a gigantic neck. Yes. And he's also ridiculously jacked. Mm Mm-hmm. And this was uh, I uh, George Hackenschmidt, I think. Yeah, George Hackenschmidt was. His name. Look at his back. This guy's mm-hmm. so fucking ripped, man. Yeah. What you, is this? You, how, you, how did this guy do this in a time where there wasn't even any fucking, uh, you know, there was no penicillin. Exactly. There he were was, no influenza vaccines. I feel like we just missed an opportunity. I, I think you're missing the wrong category of injectable, by the way, for explaining his muscle size. <laughs> he he didn't. They didn't know, have that I know, either. I know. Pre that. Pre there that. Was, there yes. was no Dianabar. But look what he, he looked was, like in a suit. He's, he just—he looked like he was willing and ready to tear a human being in half. I like it. If they mm-hmm. disrespected he his, he had that weird Bo Jackson watch. thing where Bo Jackson he was jacked look, all the time, yeah. and just he never worked you out. Can do about it. Yeah. There's a quote from Theodore Roosevelt. Yes. That mm. says, "If I were to do this all over again, I would want to be George Hackenschmidt." <laughs> Then and every man that can old, kind of understand clout. that. That, that is, is clout. clout. Damn, yeah. that is clout. The president, that's clout to before be clout was a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, huh? Because who wouldn't want to have that anyway? We watched you Conan imagine? the Barbarian the other day, by the way, for the for the millionth time, but revisited it in a while for the first time in a while. And yeah, and Arnold was really fucking jacked. He back was then. he was pretty mm-hmm. jacked. That back was then. like an up. act of protest how jacked he was <laughs> at the time. It was like an act of of defiance. Yeah, of uh, social activism. He was. <laughs> it was like he was just coming out as like man can be this with the aid of John Milius. And uh, man, can you imagine how it would have melted people's brains back then seeing a guy with nipples that pointy on top of fucking giant pecs like that? It's still kind of mind blowing that he's the lead of that movie. Yep. and it's it crazy mu- to watch. And unfortunately, <laughs> didn't result in a takeoff in the in the stone wheel pushing industry. No, so that's well, how not, not until recently. There until that's recently, right. exactly. Not until, not until Rogue built the giant wheel Conan's of pain. Wheel pain. Yeah, wheel mm-hmm. of pain. Hmm. That is that has been one of the fucking gnarliest events. In uh, strongman history yeah. ever, it just always was really, really fucking hard. That yeah. wheel of pain mm-hmm. they would do. Sometimes they would do it where like every round you go around it like throws another boulder into the carriage, <laughs> so it just gets heavier and heavier as you're going around. Jesus, yeah. I, mm-hmm. uh, I, I, I think the world needs more of that old timey fucking. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's hard to say Arnold's old timey because mm-hmm. he was dosed to the gills, but it's a totally different world. Oh yeah. yeah. Yes. Well, at the time, it was just a shocking and new thing. Nowadays, you know, you can't throw a bodybuilder up on screen, and it's something shocking and new that you see. But there needs to be there needs to be some frontier. What's the next? What is the next genetic modifications, man? Mm, I'm talking like multiple arms, wings, four quads, but only two legs. Yeah, stuff like that. Like quad quads, just like uh, Dark Knight. You know, Mm -hmm. whenever whenever all the genetic modifications start coming out. You got blue skin, Arnold. That blew people's fucking minds. Yeah. That's, that's how it starts. About. And then it's like, he can also see through walls. Listen, we're, we're approaching, a, we're approaching a, a point at which 
every man, your average Joe is going to be on so much TRT and other weird designer drugs keeping him jacked that people on screen are going to have to take it to an entirely new level. So we're going to see, this is my prediction, a return to the big muscles uh, action movies, the Sylvester Stallones, the, the, the Arnold Schwarzeneggers. It's the only way Hollywood's going to be able to keep up. The Rock's ahead of the curve here, but everyone is going to have a head that looks like a ham that someone like pl- plugged a bicycle pump into and then just inflated the ham too much. <laughs> like, everyone's going to have a head that looks like that. Yeah. You know, so like, like in, and, and, and I mean everyone, like, like small indie drama, like someone remakes The Graduate in 2025 yeah. or yeah. whatever instead of Dustin. Hoffman giant hand it's like Donnie Darko Donnie Darko Mm -hmm. uh, 2030 remake is gonna star someone who is it's gonna be Jake Gyllenhaal but he's gonna weigh 280 pounds yes. and have 3% body the fat Prince of Persia mm-hmm. <laughs> which does bring up a good point though we haven't seen big muscle men and we haven't seen real martial arts stars in a while why because the new trick Hollywood figured out is how to train people like Jake Gyllenhaal mm. to look jacked ish Jack Dish, he's impressive, but yeah. he's no Arnold. Right. And so we see these pumped-up actors. Chris Evans, of course, looks spectacular. Mm-hmm. Chris, did all the, the Chris's, the Hemsworth, mm-hmm. the Chris Hemsworth, all the Chris's. Uh, <laughs> but we are not used to seeing genuine, pure muscle men on screen anymore, except for occasionally The Rock. And also we're used to, in this post-Matrix era, seeing Hollywood actors trained to do kicking mm-hmm. Decently well, I, decently well, but mm-hmm. no real pure martial arts stars. We it's, need to bring both those back. It's almost as if, and now bear with me here, mm-hmm. it's almost like that's not the hard part about being entertaining on screen. Mm-hmm. Almost. It's almost as if being funny and then having someone pay you hundreds of thousands of dollars to take steroids no, no. and get jacked you, makes you more entertaining than someone who just part happens it, you don't to be get jacked. It. You no, don't get it. You don't, you get, don't it. get it. Part of what made Arnold <laughs> so charming, part of what made Arnold so charming, especially, you know, early days in Conan the Barbarian is, it is acknowledged, and Van Damme as well, as a pure martial arts star, not to say nothing of the muscles, Van Damme and Arnold are so unique in what they present on screen mm-hmm. that you forgive the fact that they're not great actors. It's okay that Arnold's performance in Conan is highly inconsistent and not great. It's okay that Van Damme in Bloodsport is only believable about 5% of the time. It's okay because the asset he is bringing to the screen, Van Damme with all his fucking poses and the splits kick and all that shit in slow-mo, that's what he's bringing. And it's so good, so next level, that no one on earth can come close to it that we accept that his acting is bad. So I want to see people who don't act great mm-hmm. on screen but who clearly have the physical gifts that it makes it worth pointing a camera at them anyway and, and we all accept it more to the point i will say this uh in 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 defense of uh, your arnolds and and your van dams and all that i think it requires a either from a uh, kind of a, a naivete or a tremendous level of, in the case of Bloodsport or a tremendous level of sophistication in the case of John uh, Milius who directed Conan the Barbarian to understand that the presentation of the actor and this was very not the prevailing wisdom that emerged in the 60s and 70s when film was more about sort of affecting a kind of naturalism and, and authenticity of performance there was an understanding that he had out of place in time with the idea that putting a guy that jacked on screen like is in itself a work of art. It is in itself an artistic statement to say, no, we're going to build this entire film around a guy who most people think is like obscene looking in his jackness with an understanding that his body 
spoke to a kind of fascination that men had with gay stuff. No, a fascination. <laughs> that men is, gay stuff. But a fascination <laughs> that men had with this idea of being this big, powerful, efficacious barbarian, and that's why the books had been popular and the Frank Frazetta paintings had been popular, and that more so than casting Robert Redford, uh, who was in Milius, uh, Milius authored uh, Jeremiah Johnson and giving him long hair and making, who would have given a better performance in, in a... Again, a better performance by the standards of that time, but Conan and, or Arnold Schwarzenegger, see, you can't even, they, they seem simultaneous. You know, they seem like they're the same thing. Uh, Conan's body, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger's body was more potent, clearly, than almost anything that any other one of his good acting contemporaries did in the 70s, because literally his body, that film, launched a thousand ships. Think of Arnold's career launched from that moment, you know, in getting be able to get Terminator and all the films beyond that, which then launched all of the ability of, uh, you know, uh, then <laughs> that's when Sylvester Stallone got super jacked and everyone got on TRT and we saw all of these big muscles in the 80s. So in a sense, like, to understand that there are more things at work in a film and, and how the effect it has on an audience than merely, you know, quote unquote, uh, good or naturalistic acting. There's a lot to be presented there. And it's more daring and interesting in a way for him to have built the film around Arnold Schwarzenegger and clearly far more effective than for him to have cast someone who had a who just presented much more conventional kind yeah. of a body but could give a more naturalistic but performance i'm not saying that naturalistic performances mm. are better what i am saying is why arnold mm. and sylvester stallone and jcvd stand mm. out isn't exclusively because they have physical mm. gifts and presences mm. that are you know particularly unique mm. there are a lot of super fucking jacked guys yeah. there are a lot of people that can do the splits they have another thing mm -hmm. that makes oh, yeah. them way more entertaining yeah, yeah. and interesting to act with For which sure. is why i think people i think hollywood has realized that you can just pay some nerd on a computer to put jude law's face on a jacked fucking body and there's like this <laughs> weird dissonance when you're watching you're like what the fuck but am works. i looking at right now but you don't care yeah. it's jude law it's the talented no, mr but I, I would agree that I, but i disagree the same in the same way this guy's gonna fuck me in this <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how, but it's going to happen. Um, but in the same way that there was a period in which uh, the, the spectacle of CGI seemed more new and exciting than a lot of the smaller, more conventional action sequences that we saw in the 90s and stuff. Car chases, shootouts, that sort of stuff. So we've seen a lot of giant armies clashing into each other since The Lord of the Rings. And after Iron Man and Avengers, we've seen a lot of big blue beams going into the sky and everything. And, and it, it, it works. And it will ultimately, you know, be looked back nostalgically and in the future it's good. But it characterizes this period. But I think that what we're seeing a lot of is uh, recently has been, you know, with uh, everything from your Mission Impossibles to your Once Upon a Time in Hollywoods to a bunch of other things, as people are returning to the fact that seeing things, you know, th that have the unmistakable verisimilitude of actually being there on screen has a power that, you know, is greater than CGI. It's like what made Born Identity so exciting to yeah. watch. Even though you watch it now yeah. and you're like, man, these fight scenes are yeah. fucking nothing. But back yeah. then you're like, holy shit, yeah. he's actually, he's breaking that guy's neck in half <laughs> yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. The exactly. fight scene with the guy in the apartment where he uh, yeah, yeah. jumps out the window to it's, commit suicide yeah, yeah, from losing. That's a pretty good fight scene. That, that is a, a super cool fight scene. It's tight. That is a great fight scene. Yeah, yeah. The, the, car, the car chases, 
Yeah. It's it's no, all Doug, super I, fucking tight. The, the, the first one, I fucking love the first one. Those movies are fucking great. Um, but what was I? Oh, yeah, that's why. And anyway, the big loop around to that's why I'm so mad at Robert Pattinson, you know, because when he's <laughs> because like, he I just don't to work out because it's superficial and whatever. And it's like, Robert Pattinson, you cocksucker, you don't understand. You are what denying me my fantasies. No, 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 no. I mean this on a much, I mean this on a spiritual level. I mean this on a spiritual level. By not becoming jacked to become Batman means, and, and saying instead that it should be like whatever, his fucking acting, I don't know, means he fundamentally doesn't <laughs> understand. I waited jackness. No, but I'm saying he fundamentally doesn't understand the medium in which he's working because he would know, and, and this is not, and I, I'm not going way out on a limb here. It's like if you read basic actor preparatory text they talk about preparing your body physically so that it is supple and ready for the role and ready to portray the role in which you're cast and in hollywood on screen in superhero movies you have to transform your body into that ideal it's and that's, like that's part the most of the potent movie. statement it's the most potent statement that you're gonna make it's... and the fact that he's not doing that means i don't know he's not batman he's literally know? playing the only superhero that has to be jacked he has no superhero <laughs> powers to get by on that's true he that's has true. his big brain yeah. and his big wallet even wolverine doesn't need big muscles you assume he is a mutant he's got the adamantium skeleton yeah. hugh jackman wasn't jacked in the first movie it kind of worked he's like there's yeah. not enough veins going on here and why is why is hugh jackman beloved because he understood he understood it on a penis. deeper level yeah. body is the work of art. one big mm -hmm. throbbing one big throbbing hard cock of a man. BT Dubs, yes. just to yes and to this discussion with Arnold, watched Kickboxer recently, Van Damme's Kickboxer, choreography by Jean-Claude Van Damme, and I realized why, what was unique about Van, the Van Damme era to shake things up from what was going on uh, in uh, Hong Kong at the time and other martial arts at the time is there's no choreography. Van Damme choreographed it, yes, but there's no real choreography. It's just one guy beats up another guy for a couple minutes, and then the other guy beats up the other guy for a couple minutes, like a pro wrestling match. The difference is they realize it didn't matter. All that mattered is when one guy is beating up the other guy to light it super awesome, mm -hmm. have grease on Van Damme mm -hmm. so it's shining off his muscles great, shoot it in slow-mo, and then have whatever sick move he does read really well on camera in slow motion. Mm -hmm. Just do a series of those fuck choreography. Yeah. Just seeing those images on screen will be badass and will capture the hearts and minds of every young man in the world. That's all you need. I, yep. I will say JCVD is a fantastic Instagram follow. <laughs> Oh, because yeah. he does he will do like little Instagram live videos after he's done working out each night mm -hmm. and he'll like get himself a coffee and then he'll sit down to like quote study YouTube. <laughs> he's fantastic. He's wonderful. Nice. He's like uh, you need to wear a towel around your neck uh, after you train so that you don't get cold or like he's, he's fantastic. Um, <laughs> because but it makes you more European. YouTube channel too. He's giving quarantine workouts. Fantastic. He's mm -hmm. wonderful. He is a wonderful wonderful follow and uh, I, I saw an interview with him. I thought everybody knew about the towel. I, I feel like it's a martial arts thing. Mm. Wrestler knows. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know. No. Uh, he did. I saw an interview where he was talking about. So, Kickboxer came out after Bloodsport, correct? Yes. Mm -hmm. Shortly after. So he was talking about the process by which he got Bloodsport, mm -hmm. and yeah. you know, like how he sort of like finagled his way into it and finessed his way into it, and then mm -hmm. eventually saw the final cut and he's like here i am jumping up doing a split kick and kicking two people and i look at the final thing and it's six different cuts as i'm doing this one stunt <laughs> and so he, i what sounds uh -huh. like is he saw that and was like you know what 
I'm not going to let this happen again mm-hmm. and decided to, to like make all of his movies f- like show his uh-huh. athleticism straight injected into the veins. Yes. Hmm. I would I I I I don't understand what he's saying there honestly. <laughs> uh, because blood sports showed off uh-huh. him and his athleticism better than any movie. I, that's why I thought too, but yeah. it sounds like he was upset with maybe it was like the original there, there cut was or something. Anti, or... There was an anti-cutting action up sort of thing. And I agree, it comes from a good place, which is a lot of cheap action is done bad with a lot of edits. Though I know very well the shots he's talking about, and I think it was used effectively in that mm-hmm. film. I liked it. In that uh, film. Also, one it sells one, his power. And it's, the splits are a big part. Of this, of, it's, it's integrated as a, a symbol, a physical manifestation of the idea that if he can just merely not break meditation he can succeed and that's again it's an idea that's just being ported over from a bunch of other kung fu movies and things before it but the whole thing that's represented in his his splits as he's tortured physically and other things to get into the splits and then he does the splits and then scenes are built later on around the fact that when he's in the splits he's in perfect meditation like when the guy from revenge of the nerds comes in and he's his buddy and he tries to to get him like hey we got to go we got to get to the tournament and he's still in his splits and meditating and he gets mad at him for not getting out of meditation and then finally what happens you know, uh, Bolo Young, Chon Lee blinds him, throws that dust in his eyes, and he's about, and he's in total despair. And what happens, even in this, as he's being beaten up and blind, he does what? He, he closes his eyes and he returns to the flashback, and he's able to maintain perfect meditation. And then what does he do in order to, as a manifestation of his ability to have mastered the internal and the external? He literally levitates above the ground, achieving the splits that has been a, an integral symbol of the entire film up to that point, oh, yeah. and jumps up. And the reason the cuts work in that film is it's literally about him transcending gravity. The splits become his superpower. I am 100% serious. I know you're serious. And he (laughs) kicks him in the face multiple times. Four times in a row. The splits each time. Full splits with each of the kicks. And so it's not, again, it's not about literalism. It's about the idea symbolically that he he has achieved perfect perfect meditation to the extent that he has transcended the physical. So it doesn't matter that Chan Lee has blinded him because now he can see without seeing. It doesn't matter that Chan Lee is stronger than him because he is stronger than his body and all of that. And he's literally become stronger than gravity. And in the entire film, that tension between the physical and the mental and achieving perfect meditation is always represented by the splits. He literally gets tied to an apparatus at the beginning, like the young version of him, and gets tortured into the splits by his master. And you see it uh, throughout the rest of the film. So that is why all the multiple cuts for the, the thing at the end, and it's rad. You yeah. know what film refuses to give us any positivity or any sort mm-hmm. of, you know, uh, enjoyment mm-hmm. from either its experience or its analysis? Mm-hmm. The Last Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's enjoyment. Do you in know the what analysis. other film? <laughs> Batman v Superman. Which, mm. in, if you haven't mm. seen on HBO Max, uh, the Martha. extended the super thing. director... The film that made us quit drinking. Yeah. <laughs> it was, I remember it was the only time in all of our years at the Alamo Draft House of drinking there that someone came up and said, you guys need to slow down. Because <laughs> it's about the moment, like, we were like, we were not excited to see it. We had heard lots of bad stuff. We weren't really on board. And we, it was about just, 20 minutes in, we yeah, realized. We re- especially when they redid the whole shooting thing that had happened in other men. We're like, oh, fuck. And we just started drinking and drinking and drinking. <laughs> and like 20 minutes, 30 minutes into the movie, the waiter was like, you guys got to slow down. <laughs> and we're like, oh, shit. We were just trying to stay ahead of how much we weren't enjoying it. Um, 
That being said, I would be curious to return to it. Oh, dude. So I don't Katie, you are. Dude, Katie and I rewatched re it over the course of maybe two nights, three nights maybe. I don't remember. It felt like a lifetime. It is almost unwatchably bad. The fact that they added Almost. they added I another seeing a theatrical cut. <laughs> they added another forty minutes. Yeah. It's a, it's over three hours long now, yeah. and it is eons worse. I, I don't I honestly don't know how to describe how much worse. Hmm. It I know is. how to describe it. Um, I've been thinking a lot about this lately. Uh, in fact, <laughs> we're actually talking Batman about versus Superman is no. It's it's more about consumes my thoughts. No, it is more about this. I think that in a weird way. Uh, I'm going to go out on a really thin ice, uh, theoretically here, so we're just, we'll see if I can bring it on home before falling through. I can't wait. But I think that it's very, the exhaustion, what Batman v Superman is, is similar to um, why I think ultimately people will grow exhausted with the nature of storytelling they see on Netflix and everything. I think it just, in a weird way, Hollywood subtly changed into... It's funny. We were watching uh, Robert Altman's The Player the other day, which is a great fucking movie if you've ever seen it, from 1992. It's set in Hollywood. And part of it is about how writers and ideas and creativity is being pushed out of Hollywood. It's also a murder mystery. It's a great fucking movie starring Tim Robbins. Check it out. Um, <laughs> but it's about how basically this producer-writer, this kind of producer-driven version of Hollywood was taking over where they were just, they pick up a newspaper and they point, like, this article could be a movie. Why do we need these writers? We producers can do everything. And as silly as it seemed at the time, that subtly just fucking happened, you know, in the sense that, what is Zack Snyder? Why does not, why does... What is Zack Snyder? No, really, that truly. is a great fucking question. No, and I, I said, what is Zack Snyder? Why is, why was he doomed to fail? And the fact is, he is a, was a fantastic visual stylist. He came from whatever, some commercial background, like many directors these days. And the reason those guys are valued is they can deliver a, you know, a lot of production value. They can make things that look really, really, really cool. And with the idea that, well, we have a screenplay for a movie and we have all the components to put together... There's something that was lost, and I think the same thing ha applies for Netflix, which is very much driven by collectives. That is to say, collectives of, of writers' rooms and producers who collectively agree on stories and plot them out over 13 episodes, and then producers. Uh, the point being that without that, without one insane central spiritual message <laughs> that integrates movies, and I think that this used to be a big part of what cinema was innately when it was a slightly more director driven made it a more spiritual medium and a less literalist medium than it was than it has been in the last several do you follow armin i follow but i feel like Zack snyder does have one central insane vision and it is that violence is the answer to no, no, all no. superheroes. I disagree. I disagree because Hell everything yeah. the the violence that he the violence the violence that manifests is the desire to like at the end of of uh, Batman v Superman is a desire to deliver an actiony conclusion that somewhat echoes something from a comic book that was very popular. One can arrive at that conclusion very rationalistically like it's like we'll remake the ending of bat of uh, like dark, the dark knight dark returns night, yeah. there we go of uh, dark knight returns we'll have them uh beat each other up uh it won't have but what it won't have and this is a perfect example of what's kind of slowly worked its way out of cinema and worked its way out of tv and everything else is 
in that comic book, each one of those two characters has been written to represent like a bunch of really potent ideas. Basically, uh, you know, Superman represents the Nerds. idea of kind of authority and justice. Of Batman, Batman represents a more absolute idea of justice. And then they, and because society is corrupt, they come into direct conflict with one another. None of that's present. And I think genuinely, and this is my big meta point, is that there's a lack of respect for the idea that 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 things like themes or characters or you know or telling deeper motifs within films is not the thing that gives them their power which is i think how spielberg understood it which is i think how george lucas understood it which is i think how a lot of the people that is Zack snyder or that many contemporary filmmakers these people that they idolize these people that they aspire to be like started from the place of ideas like Spielberg was obsessed with even as, as big and commercial and weird as some of his films got he started with telling deeply personal familial metaphors in his film and everything kind of became an outgrowth of that it's about the loss of fathers and that Zack Snyder doesn't really have an integrating spiritual mission to his films he gets the script he delivers cool sequences he's a journeyman who was hired and somehow we realize that it wasn't, and I think this has been the lesson of the last 20 years since the arrival of digital cameras and streaming and and uh, and and shared universes in Hollywood, is that we've gotten to this point where we realize it wasn't about necessarily the the special effects and it wasn't about uh, the big interconnected story worlds or even the plot lines or anything that tied us together. There was something more to movies like, uh, if you look back at Shawshank Redemption or Raiders of the Lost Ark or any of the films that really moved people. Uh, in a previous era, there is, uh, without getting too far afield of anything, it's something that's not replicatable if the film is made by committee. It's made by 25 different people coming together and agreeing on a plot that makes conscious sense to everyone, rather than being moved by a deep vision that there's magic oh, in sure. Egypt or something like that. Uh, bringing it back around to Batman versus Superman, I don't think that Zack Snyder has any particular vision of the world, it's that there's a set of index cards from producers of you got to get this part and this part and this part. <laughs> so what are popular moments from comics from the last few years? Batman fights Superman this thing. Okay, we got to get that. What's another popular thing? Mm. Superman fights Doomsday. Okay, let's get that thing in here. Just pluck all these elements out Makes of sense. these index cards. Yeah. Okay, now try to string together a set of words that connect those <laughs> moments to re relating to some kind of plot mm -hmm. and make that work somehow at the what end. I, what I don't, what I don't get. And I don't, and I don't know anything about the making of Batman vs Superman, but like that story mm. was already like nailed, right? Like mm. Frank Miller's Dark Knight, mm -hmm. it's already done. Yeah, he, he literally could have mm. just copied all, mm. all the text from yep. it, and it yep. would have been more coherent. But if I remember Batman vs Superman correctly, like I, I couldn't even, I couldn't even tell you what Batman was doing mm -hmm. before Superman showed up, and that was the whole point of him showing mm -hmm. up. Is like they're like. Hey, this guy's being a real fucking old asshole. He's yeah. killing all these fucking mutant people, and he has some fucking thirteen-year-old redhead chick that I don't know what's mm -hmm. going on there. Someone needs to stop him, and Superman's yeah. like, "Bruce, I'm gonna come fuck you up." And he's like, "Bring it, you fucking bitch!" <laughs> and that line never happened, which was a mistake. Yeah. And uh, instead, it was. Did he even turn out the sun? Did he even blot out the sun? Doesn't that happen in the comics? Yeah, in the he comics, he, he he like fights him at night. And make sure that he doesn't. 
I thought he found some way to fucking blow, block out the sun. I don't recall. I don't. He plugs so. in. Don't he plugs so. into the city power grid in that badass fucking suit that they use and destroy at the end of Batman v Superman. Yes. He plugs into the city power grid so that he has like hyper powered punches. Dude, it's, he had a it's fucking really tank. Fucking cool. He had a fucking he had a tank. tank. And he ran yeah. over yeah. everybody. Yeah. He had a fucking. God, so that Batman's the best Batman. Batman v Superman bad, was so. Batman. I'm sorry. Batman v Superman. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's not fuck up the title of the movie. Absolutely. We don't want to be. We don't want to be talking about some movie that it might actually be another movie, Batman versus Superman. This is Batman v Superman. That's a movie still to be made. That's, you, you, you got some link there. There you go. Uh, can you hear me better now? So, oh, I can hear you much better now. Oh, good. I didn't even realize I had these hooked up until I looked around and realized everyone else was wearing them. Uh, yeah, it, 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 is, it is infuriatingly mm. bad. Bad. It is bad to the, to the point where... You almost have to be brain dead mm. in order to enjoy it. <laughs> no one's enjoyed that well, movie, and that's the thing. Is that it, that's the thing is that I to say that you have to be brain dead in order to enjoy it or whatever. It's like it's 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 less threatening when you realize it's not a product of anyone's intention. No one wanted it. None of the producers who did it wanted it. None of the writers who did it wanted it. And Zack Snyder didn't want it. Ben Affleck didn't sure, want it. Like he wants it. No one wanted no. it. No one wanted there it. And there that's, is that's no the vision point. that's being cut away yeah. from everyone. That he can't realize everyone was just following orders. If he said any of those, just doing interview their job. blurbs. If you heard interview blurbs to that effect when he's interviewed about it, that he had some vision. I don't know if he said anything like that, but that's, those are just bullshit statements. He's just making up. So the reason why I bring up Batman mm-hmm. vs Superman and its extended cut and how fucking awful it is yeah. in mm-hmm. in every sense of that word. This whole Zack Snyder cut of Justice League that's <laughs> supposed to be coming oh, out is that next a real year. Thing still? Not only is that a real thing, but he is he's committed. They gave him a hundred and ten million dollars mm-hmm. to finish his version of the movie. Why not just start over? He might as well because he says he's not going to use any of Joss Whedon's reshoots, which was like seventy percent of the movie. Oh wow! Mm-hmm. So well. we're basically getting a completely different three and a half hour long Justice League. I mean, why not? <laughs> I honestly, by the way, did you, you know think th- it's just a test to see if he'll like he'll execute his own career? Like, just uh, like do no, it. I, I, I think it's an attempt by studios to. Sh- shoot out product that doesn't require shooting actual yeah, sets. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. They want to, mm-hmm. if they can make it with, C, if they can spend $110 million of CG money mm-hmm. to make another product, well, that's what they're going to do because that's what they can do now. Yeah. Hey, we're using all this footage sticking can. around. Let's use it. Let's in the can and make another movie out of it. Yeah. yeah. The, beat, the Batman vs. Superman director's cut is rated R, by the way. Mm-hmm. Oh, good. Which... <laughs> Over, over someone's a- gonna go fuck <laughs> at some point. What's the uh, <laughs> what's the over under on this version of it being better than the the ride at Six Flags Over Texas? The story that they tell in the Justice League ride there. That oh, that man, version is a that. thousand times better. That shit slaps. It is visceral. The wait in the line is better than it's the movie. The, it's the best thing ever. You watch a movie before you even get in the car, and then you get a shoot. You get a shoot shit. I mean, I, 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 I saw I'm, that. I, yeah, I, I I have nothing positive to say. There was a there was a moment <laughs> well, in that movie in which I was like, Kate, watch, Batman's about to murder fifteen people in the next three minutes, and she's like, No, Batman doesn't kill people. Mm-hmm. I was like, Oh, you don't remember this? And he just goes on a fucking murderous rampage with mm-hmm. his machine guns mm-hmm. and his bombs and his missiles yep. and his car, and That's he great. beheads people. And, he and, throws cars at people. He just rips people in half. And I that's don't remember what you any get of that. from a fi- oh, oh yeah, but that's what you get from a filmmaker who has no connection to the spiritual entity of 
Batman, the history of Batman, what Batman means or is. He's just, again, has a, a bunch costume. of index cards. He needs to connect some scenes together. Hey, he has a car. He's driving around. Why doesn't he shoot stuff? Because it'd be all cool and badass and stuff. The, That's the, It doesn't get... There isn't there's more thinking than that. There's, there's even... There, I felt like he had amnesia while he was making it. <laughs> well, uh, let me let me dem- uh, let me see if I can like demystify some of these things in a way that po- will hopefully make them less less threatening. Like we're watching um, a good example of the the two different modes of storytelling and where Zack Snyder goes wrong is the Dark Crystal series. We started watching the first episode of that the other day. It's actually really rad. It looks just like the original Dark Crystal, which is kind of crazy. Uh, they pulled it off really well. Good storytelling, but. Uh, cool sequences, very imaginative. I want to watch the rest of the series. But it was already obvious when, because we grew up watching the original Dark Crystal, Jim Henson's insane lunatic movie. Uh, he made Labyrinth shortly thereafter. Jim Henson, Muppets, everyone knows him. Uh, we uh, we started watching the Dark Crystal series, and I realized it was basically like the Dark Crystal, but there was something odd that happened periodically that made it feel very much not like the Dark Crystal. It's like the thing would be going along, being like the Dark Crystal, and there would be Gelflings and Skeksis, and it's a big fantasy land and cool sequences and weird stuff. But then periodically, characters would sort of walk off to the side and talk for like six minutes just explaining what was going on on screen to each other, explaining stuff that would eventually connect back to the movie and just having just talking way fucking more than they ever did in the original <laughs> Dark Crystal like Chamberlain uh, who uh, is like the main bad Skeksis one of the the, the, the trickster in uh, Dark Crystal he's played by Simon Pegg in the new one uh, which is pretty rad but he says more lines I think in one scene in this episode than he did in the entirety of the, the previous film and what I mean by that is uh, in in the original Dark Crystal there was an in, it was just the the world itself as presented was the work of art and and part of we we and this is another reason why all of the remakes and everything that we're seeing uh don't or have a diminishing the, the return big letdowns well yeah. yeah well the reason there's a diminishing return is because we don't as much as we think we want to see the continuing adventures in a lot of these different worlds the potency was seeing a new world a new version of reality a new myth a new story a new presentation of old ideas again uh, and all of that business. So what we have now with the Dark Crystal series is something very similar, but you can almost see what happens. Like we, we here's how the process of if you don't aren't familiar with the the movie, there's a, a Dark Crystal. It's evil. It steals the essence out of uh, the eyes of these little Muppets. Little Kermit the Frog guy sits in a chair. It's very sad. He goes blind. They suck it, sucks his essence out, and it feeds it to these evil vulture people. That really effectively communicates everything you need to know about that particular process. Glowing dark crystal, little Muppet guy tied to a chair, gets beams shot into his eyes, he turns into a shriveled little raisin, and then fluid drips out of him, and then the evil vulture people drink the fluid. I never needed to know anything you don't more. Need the, uh, you don't need the background story of the crystal, what I, planet it but, came but, from. But do, do we get a deep background information <laughs> we, hey, on that no, whole no. process? But, first, but, but, but more than that. But more than that. We do get the deep world building about the crystal and the seven different kingdoms of Gelflings and how each of their cultures are different. Which, again, I actually kind of like that stuff in the sense that it is cool to create this... You know, at least a cool background. I think world building is often used as a crutch when there's no real stories to tell, which is why video game movies never work out, seem to work out. But whatever. Uh, but in addition to all this world building, I mean, what you also get are scenes where, like, the main scientist, uh, Skeksis, and Chamberlain, another Skeksis, like, 
we we infer very quickly how the dark crystal is going to be used nefariously like because uh, they turn it on by accident and it shrivels up one of the little muppets and then they the juice comes out and they drink it and they're like this is good stuff and then then they walk out of the room and explain that for like six minutes like well i don't see what we could do well i have an idea what's your idea what if we took more creatures and we tied them in front of this machine and then uh we turned the, and, and the point is the mechanism that was understood instantly the first time we saw it in the first film be, then had to be explained and explained and explained and that's the difference ultimately i think that's where you get it it's it is a it is an inevitable externality of the fact that the first film was made in an era where an insane uh, uh filmmaker was able to kind of create uh, a huge visual metaphor for a lot of fucking myths and things we're familiar with and create all of this magical shit and he didn't really necessarily have to explain it away he knew what needed to be there and not be there to kind of really pull you to the other side of the screen and make it a transporting experience because mm. those rules change for every movie but when 95 people rate it and 95 people shoot it and 95 people execute it then if one guy doesn't understand 100% how that crystal mechanism work. He's like, I don't know. I don't get it. It seems weird to me. Like, I feel like people are going to want to have that explained. And or a producer oh, no. doesn't quite get it. And or anything else. And suddenly, no one can make a good rational case for why we shouldn't explain the crystal. Because it's intuitive, the idea that, well, I mean, it's, I think it's just more powerful when you just sort of see it. Because no one, because no one can make a solid, rational case in the email chain that's about the existence or non-existence of that scene Damn. in the movie. That scene ends up in the movie, and that's how you get a Daredevil season two. That's thirteen fucking hours of people explaining legal procedure to each other in rooms, and then you just look back at like one film from the '90s, and you realize an action film, and you realize how much, despite the absence of CGI or other, there's so much, so much more transporting merely because often, this is not always the case. Plenty of crap made in the '90s and before, but often. You had a screenplay by one insane guy who was directed by another insane guy, and you got some insane shit that where a lot of, as much as you got eccentrically bad stuff, you also had an intuitive understanding of what needed to be there and not be there to make the, the product the most, to make mm. the, the film, the work, the most compelling it could. And that is a difficult thing to survive committee thinking and yeah. i think that what's what you see with netflix or Zack snyder movies or whatever it's not that Zack snyder's a, a terrible filmmaker it's not that he's clearly very talented it's just that he's put he is in a position he is now exists in something that is also called hollywood but doesn't necessarily resemble the place the the process results in what you get from the process is what i'm saying you right know what i'm saying they lost Damn. show don't tell like yeah. that that idea on, on some level yeah yeah got yeah. lost um and yeah, I, 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 I don't know. You're yeah. right about the video game movie thing, by the way. It's because in every video game, the player is the main character and no mm. player has an interesting story. It's yeah. not, it's not, it's like if Jurassic Park was made today mm. by a committee, <laughs> there would, would be, there would be scenes of, it, it was, it just happened. <laughs> That's Twice. right. Yeah. Would be, I us. totally forgot those existed. <laughs> I completely forgot those. We don't those. have to theorize. There would be scenes of like the lawyers arguing with the creator of the yeah. park of like, you know, what, what you're yes. not allowed to well, do this. Well, Jurassic of the... Park these days would clearly have to be at least a three part movie or possibly a 10 episode series 
by but, which we would eventually understand the full science and process <laughs> by which they bring no, back the dinosaurs. It would just and the T Rex would escape guys, in episode eight of ten. But let's look not at the the Netflix example that it is funny to think about. But you can look at the direct Zack Snyder Correct. example because that is what we got with Jurassic World, in the sense that what you have in Jurassic World is a great example if you compare it to Jurassic Park. You have many direct moments being replicated. The literal score swell the the same music that uh, the island sequence swells the first time you see the park the first and yet it feels hollow it feels empty you see very characters being chomped on by dinosaurs but it feels hollow because you have no idea who those characters are and it's not like a conniving lawyer who you've slowly built up hatred for but the main thing and this is what i talk about when i say like what is now considered a luxury used to be understood to be like the furnace that heated the whole fucking house is if you look there's actually a fantastic a guy does a wonderful breakdown of some like a subtextual analysis uh, not in any weird film studies way but just about all of the uh, all of the, the the themes about having children and reproduction and 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 as it relates to the Sam Neill character in Jurassic Park and how it kind of is this undergirding that gives the film all of its power and I don't think filmmakers today are even aware that that level of storytelling was being prioritized or is even at work in the films of Spielberg or the films of a Robert Zemeckis. They're just thought mm. of as big entertainments. And therefore, if you replicate the superficial elements, big dinosaurs, etc., it will carry with it the same power. But if you really look at Jurassic Park, it is entirely from scene one, a film about Sam Neill's crisis about having kids. From minute one, he's confronted with a snotty kid that represents everything he hates about children and he's using the velociraptor to talk about killing him and then she's bugging him about when are we going to have kids and at that exact moment John Hammond comes in uh, and sweeps them away and they have to hold the eggs later and there's a bunch of cool stuff with the two kids as he tries to force them into the car that isn't his car and then sneak away to another car and it's all played in the long shot of course, and then Sam Neill is forced to be ultimately in the car with the kids. His big turning point is he has to get out, wave the torch, save the children, get in the car with the kids, and then he has to act as their surrogate father, shepherding them through. These kinds of things are now thought of as like lip service to themes about divorce or whatever. Like, oh yeah, Spielberg, he likes divorce and shit in his movies and dinosaurs. And so there will be some casual lip service, as I think there is, given... At the beginning, at the oh, beginning yeah. of Jurassic it, World, about uh, about uh, the kids are going through divorce. It's like an, uh, an observation that's being replicated, it's it's tossed like, off with no real relevance yes. to much. Else. Like like hmm. like like some like someone after the fall of man trying to like pick up an ancient tool that is more sophisticated than anything that has existed in a thousand years and trying to decipher its meaning. It's like they're like, yeah, we we're pretty sure we get it, um, but. <laughs> I, but here's here's why. Divorce here's, is bad, okay? And if you really want an understanding of why, here's why. I think that coming out of the late 1960s into what we call like the, the, the golden age of Hollywood in the 1970s, a lot of people were taking a lot of drugs and getting into a lot of weird, freaky shit. And when you get into a lot of weird, freaky shit, it's easier for you to understand that there are, that there's, you know, that... Obviously, George Lucas got super into Joseph Campbell, and Spielberg got really into weird uh, Jewish mysticism and crazy Graham Hancock shit. And there is, I think, a dearth of spirituality in our present moment that we want out of cinema, that we need out of cinema, and that if you're approaching cinema with reverence, you can almost not help but 
put it in there, put honestly some part of yourself in there. It's a process that we don't want to get in the way of while a director is making a movie or writers writing a movie or any artist is making any work of art. And that has been the main thing that is lost is that spiritual dimension that sort of intuitively becomes part of the film through a million unconscious decisions that directors are making that they don't realize they cast an actor who looked exactly like their father to play the father character in a movie. It just happens. Uh, nowadays, when films are made by committee, that kind of crazy element kind of disappears into, like I said, long sequences explaining how the Dark Crystal works, which has an effect of almost literalizing and diminishing the spiritual significance of the original Dark Crystal or Indiana Jones or anything else. And that's why people more and more don't go to the movies, in my opinion. Man. Damn. That was a that was that was the. I'll start recording now. I mean, since we've warmed up. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, did you guys know that CrossFit sold? Did you guys know that? You guys I heard I, something I, I vaguely heard about it. Yeah. So CrossFit has sold. It's official. Yes. The um, the, the how much did you buy it? For? The ink has dried. I. How I, much are they still paying you? I I am, I am now, uh, free to say at last that. I am Greg Glassman. I know it's it's, it's really <laughs> yeah, hard to believe. Okay. okay. I don't know if I would ever say that out loud. It's really hard to believe. I know. Just had a mm-hmm. Scooby Doo mask I've, on this whole I've time. I've been interviewing myself, mm-hmm. as you notice. We've mm-hmm. never actually crossed and touched. I don't have that yes. expensive a CGI budget, but yes. I can certainly interview. You no. saw the line of the split. The line of the split in the middle. <laughs> in the middle. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. If you pay attention, you'd know this is the case. No. Um, they. Uh, they finalized the deal. They, they, the ink is dry. Eric Rosa and some private equity group are now 100% owners of CrossFit. 1% is in a, a non-voting trust uh, in Maggie Glassman's name for her and the kids. That's Greg's current wife um, and the mother of, his, of some of his children. Damn. But this is a new era. We've entered a new era of CrossFit. And... Mm. Uh, we've entered a new era of fitness, I would say, Chase. You think so? I would 100% say that. Uh, and I think the reason why I've entered a new era of fitness isn't because CrossFit is sold. It's because I've launched the Sneaky Fit Summer Series. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> this uh, is the future. This is the way. I think spending less than 40 seconds talking about uh-huh. the sale of CrossFit is absolutely deserved because now it's time to talk about the Sneaky Fit Summer Series. Did you guys know this? Do you guys no, know what I'm talking about? Tell me all about it. Because you guys don't do social media. Not anymore. anymore. Not, not as much. That's tragic. You haven't seen any... It's wild. Yeah. Anything I'll show you. Been... I'll show you something after we're done here because we made a really fucking dick. funny infomercial. <laughs> <laughs> it's also my dick. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so let me give you the rundown and tell right. me if this is... Uh, um, give me a good scale of how good of an idea this is. Mm-hmm, I expect mm-hmm. you to be brutally honest and I also... I can't wait for this to get... Shit right, on. whatever. Yeah, Here yeah. we go. <laughs> Here's the elevator pitch. Mm-hmm. If you're looking to compete in something in the CrossFit space, in the fitness space, the the competitive exercise space, mm-hmm. um, before this COVID thing, it was like three or four day weekend competition. Hurt your soul. Everything sucks. Or multiple qualifiers. Or multiple qualifiers, mm-hmm. like a five or six week long open-esque, mm-hmm. you know, doing a workout a week type thing. There wasn't ever anything like uh, turkey trot, fun run, 5K. You just mm. do for, with your friends for a good time. Mm-hmm. 
until I invented it. Yeah. That's All right. right. There's that's the point in which everything goes from black and white to color in the infomercial. Nice. I'm explaining it. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, yeah. That's can good. we still call I it? I love a turkey when you shot? explain jokes. It makes them it. hit harder. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it hits harder. It hits hard. Yeah. It hits differently. Make sure you explain. Sh- make sure you tell them and don't show them. Explains jokes. Yeah. Explains <laughs> jokes hit differently. Yeah. Um. So. The idea is to do like it's a partner workout. It's yeah. all virtual. Your partners don't even need to be in the same room. They can they can be in different parts of the fucking planet. Doesn't matter because it's all run on a clock. Mm-hmm. So all you right. just know when you're supposed to work out, and then you nice. get your scores together later. And it takes less than an hour and a half, seventy minutes mm-hmm. maximum. And everyone hangs out on a Zoom call at the same time, which is that then broadcast mm-hmm. onto my YouTube channel. Nice. So it's like a good time for all, and. I am giving out money. Yeah. There's <laughs> oh, prizes. Involved. There's like real cash prizes nice. involved. Oh shit. Uh, sponsorships? No sponsorships right just, now. I think uh, just cash, just straight up cash from my bank maximum from my bank needed. account. Yeah. From my bank account to their bank account. That's $25 direct. No, there's a $2,000 cash. Holy, per shit. Holy shit. I was like, I'm going to just do this. I'm going to do it right. Yeah. So there's a I'm chance. I can't participate. I there's know. a chance it's... that it comes around and like yeah. the the people that can, signed can, up. Can Chase so, Cliff and I win? Uh, it's partners. You guys can sign up if yeah. you want. Yeah. I, I don't think so, I'm allowed. My partner was Armin and we no. definitely didn't Yeah, we definitely win. did not win. There's <laughs> two divisions. Uh-huh. There's the performance division where you do the workouts as written. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, it's called the I am taking this way too seriously division. Mm-hmm. And... Those people win based off of their final scores. Yeah, and then there is the scale division. The this is basically a meme, so whatever mm-hmm. division, mm-hmm. where the winners are the five funniest team names as picked by me. <laughs> and mm. the committee is Armin. The committee is me. Yeah, yeah. Well, I am. I am the insane visionary filmmaker. And so this is, is this, great. Is this a one workout competition? One or one thing. Okay. It just happens this coming Saturday. Okay. And you have six to do it days on that, from that now. Day? You have to do it on that day. Okay. And so the best person who does this workout on a day, five workouts, it's four workouts. Oh, it's four, four workouts. workouts. Oh, four workouts. Okay. So one day, but four workouts. It's it's less than it's seventy minutes, start to finish thing. the whole oh, thing, start okay. to finish. Wow. Which is why it's like that fun run five k thing. You spend part of your morning doing it, and the rest of the day you don't have to think you eat about it. You a bunch it. of shit. Yeah. yeah, yeah Fuck yeah. yeah. It's it's that. gonna be super dope. I love it. All right. Now that I've given you your initial reaction, now is everyone connected live at the same time doing this? Yes. Oh, everyone hops onto the video conferencing call with everyone else that's participating. I love it. And we all hang out. And by hang out, it's like I'm not judging reps. I'm mostly just talking and shit. Only, and only awesome. one partner is working at a time. And only so one partner is working at a time. can yeah. be in, engaging on the stream, talking shit, yeah. doing whatever he wants. Doing nice. whatever they want. What are the he equipment requirements wants. for this workout? Uh, the as-written rx very serious mm-hmm. performance division. Very serious. You need a barbell mm-hmm. um, and some weights. Mm-hmm. 225, 225 pounds. pounds on the men's side, 155 mm-hmm. on the women's side. Mm-hmm. You need a rower. Mm-hmm. You need a jump rope. And you need a pair of fifty-pound dumbbells. We have you, you actually have all that stuff. I all that actually stuff at home. wrote. I wrote these workouts uh, knowing that you guys have <laughs> the equipment. You were the model. I, I specifically uh-huh. wrote. I was like, okay, "What is the okay. least okay. amount of equipment yeah, that yeah, people, true. fitnessers, would have in their home?" Yeah, and I was true. like, "Well." Cliff and Kyle have we these have a barbell we can get tetanus from. Yeah, the rower is probably going to be the limiting factor for a lot of people, I would assume. It's yes, the, yeah, because it's like the rowers either something you have access to at a gym or not. But but you know, I mean, you can definitely do stuff uh, for for everything else. Yes, so. and the other division, mm-hmm. it 
doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. You yeah, don't yeah. need. You don't you need. You can use any, a broom. You yeah, don't yeah, need any of those. You don't need any of it. You just have to complete the workouts you, in some form in and some have way, an awesome team. You just have to be there and you have to have an awesome team name. Yeah. I don't so, care what you. You could use a kettlebell instead of dumbbells. You could use. You could run instead of row. I could yeah. not care less. Yeah. So it basically, you matter. complete as much work as you can within the given amount of time, and then, but you're scored only on. Name value. Yes. What you should <laughs> yes. be spending That's all your time doing. of the workout. What you mm-hmm. should be spending all your time doing is looking back at all yeah. the episodes of Scales Needed, mm. seeing what I've laughed mm-hmm. the hardest at, and using those <laughs> as inspiration. Yeah, for... like, and you don't, you're going to spend a lot of time there because if you try and get too fit, it would be like, try, it would be like doing Tabata squats and like trying to do like 30 squats in the first round. It's like you're just flailing around because it's not scored. Yeah. It's yeah. only, it's, but it's just only the, your lowest round. So it's just yeah. all wasted it's, effort. It suck yeah. to do yeah, all exactly. those reps and so, then be beat by somebody that just squirmed. So put all your effort into Flailed. no exercising, all your effort into just picking a good team name. I like that. That's rad. Which is why I think you guys could participate. We probably could. Yeah. yeah. We, we're good at that part. And, uh-huh. and I would encourage you to sign up, participate, <laughs> come up with a hilarious team name. What is it, this Saturday? It's this coming Saturday. Okay. Uh, wait, August I, 1st. Okay, I'm coming. No, okay, I'll be back. It is quite it. literally, no, Siri, you can't help me with anything. It is quite literally I'm going six to da- days I'm, away from right now. I'm going to Dallas, but I'm coming back before then. You so. better be. Yeah. Because I Damn expect it. to see you on those streams. I would have gotten shit. in better shape by now. I know, if I'd known ahead If I had time. known. No, I'll, I'll definitely get on it. I gave nobody any heads up. Yeah, I announced yeah, yeah. this last week. Word, word. It's, word. it's a two-week two lead time. You can do so much great stuff with that equipment. Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. I dropped my mic. You can do so much great stuff with that equipment. <laughs> I've never seen quite sure what mic. that was. Whoa. Whoa. Um, Guys, we we did these workouts. We yeah. really Chase and I did, did these workouts. Oh, yeah. And... Two of the workouts are released, so I can't spoil anything about the last By the two. time this one comes out, uh, three of them will be released. Oh, so, so I can go that far. Yeah, you can go that far. Well, you're gonna watch you're gonna wanna watch the third event announcement <laughs> because it has some of the best reverse curls I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, it's Shit horrifying. Oh, I, I, oh good. I, so I it's like hang per- power cleans mm, and oh. and I I am not as fit as I used to be. <laughs> or as strong. This, nor am I as strong. Nor that is my form. That's scary. Because if I thought it was 225 pound power clean at some point. Hang power cleans. Hang, oh, that's, that, that's I used to be able to rock those out all day. And now I literally don't know if I can do I had to scale it to 185. Oh, okay. I scaled my own workout. He had oh, 185. Wow. And he it still looked, it looked like 285. He picked up the bar. <laughs> and he picked it up like it was a max deadlift. And I was yeah. like, oh, well, how's he going to get this? <laughs> Dude, He's gonna have to pick up some real momentum on the clean. The, <laughs> the first workout, the first workout is a twenty-minute AMRAP where one partner's working for two minutes, the other partner's yeah. resting for two minutes. Right? Is that yeah. how it works? It's two minutes on, two minutes off. Two each minutes partner, on, yeah. two minutes off, and you're competing basically to get the max reps of shoulder to overhead uh. in this twenty minutes as a team. Mm-hmm. There's like gotta, other stuff that you do. You're not just yeah, doing yeah, yeah, only yeah. shoulder to overhead, mm-hmm. but right. that's there's, basically there's, that's, that's the, the score. The scored component. Yeah. We. It's we, like the name. We had yes. 110. We had 110 total shoulder to overhead reps. 80 percent of those. No, no. You want to? You want to guess the division of work here? Hmm. Wait, how many reps total? 80? You said no, 110. No. 110. 110 total reps between the two of us. All right, I'm going to say 80 to <laughs> 30. I mean, Chase. Chase literally started with doing twice as many reps as I did in the first round. And by the time we got to the last round, he was doing like six times as many reps as I was doing each round. Well, in fairness, Chase has, you know, continued to exercise. That is very, that is a very was, true fact. It was something like I did 80, 80 some reps to your yeah. 
I did. I okay. Almost. Let's put it another way. I did like two thirds of my reps in my first two rounds. <laughs> the last three rounds, I was like, "Fuck." Yeah, and then and then, <laughs> then he tells me later that he scaled all oh, the yeah, reps everywhere else. There was like yeah. a set amount of work he had to do each round. This <laughs> motherfucker is doing. I scaled everything. Like half the reps. Mm-hmm. Pretty close. I yeah, was pretty spent. close. I was. Yeah. Feeling it pretty hard. I, was I thought we were, we were being serious. I thought we were being serious. We were being serious. So have you have you actually we're... posted the workouts yet? You three know? by the time when this is released, uh-huh. three of the four workouts nice, will have nice, been released. Nice, nice. Yeah. Uh, can you give us one of them now? Yeah. So the the third workout, the one that was just released as this is being posted, is four Top time. That's the one that I did. Mm-hmm. It's four time, two thousand meter row, mm-hmm. one hundred fifty double unders, mm-hmm. ten hang cleans at two twenty five, one fifty five on the, the ladies side. Mm-hmm. How it, many hand cleans again? Ten. 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 Uh, how many jump ropes again? One hundred fifty double unders. And starts with a two K row. Oh, it was right. awful. Yeah, yeah. It was miserable. Mm. And you're mm. just tra- so you're just trying to get through that amount of work. I'm just trying to finish it. There's a fifteen minute cap for with that a, one. So let me explain with a little more detail since you're asking your questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way the workouts are written, two of them are partner workouts, mm-hmm. and two of them are individual workouts. Mm. The partner workouts are like. The first one and the last one. So the first one is is what Chase described. It's like this 20-minute workout. You go, I go for two minutes. Like two minutes on, two minutes off. So for like each individual athlete, it's two minutes on, two minutes off. Mm-hmm. But for 20 minutes, there's work being done. Mm-hmm. And you combine your scores. The second workout belongs to the first, like partner A. So you, you say at the beginning, you have to figure out which one of you is going to be partner A and partner B. Mm-hmm. That was me. I was so he was partner A, right? No doubt. Always. So then... We did the first workout going back and forth. The second workout is partner A's individual workout. He mm-hmm. does that one on his own. That's five rounds, 10 deadlifts, 10 burpees. Mm-hmm. So he did that one on his own. And then the, the third workout is partner B's workout. That's mm-hmm. the 2K row, mm-hmm. 150 double unders, mm-hmm. and uh, 10 hand cleans. And then the last workout is like a relay race. Like he does mm-hmm. the entire thing, and then I do the entire thing. And our score is our t- combined time. Mm, nice, nice, Sweet. nice. I followed, I retained some of that. Yeah, as yeah. You said it. Did you, but did you say ten deadlifts, ten burpees somewhere? In Five there? rounds of ten. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I. There was a lot of movements that I was trying to keep track of without any visual reference. That's, all, that, that's exactly I, how the reading went I'm, for me. Too. I'm gifted yeah. in other ways. Yeah. So basically, the way. So the way that I'm so going to make is sure it, is it the classic? Is it the classic deadlift burpee workout? It is. It is. But a, without two seventy five. It's a. It's. It's not the classic okay. one because that's five and ten. Mm-hmm. This oh, one's ten true. and ten, but yeah, slightly lighter. Yeah. But with two seventy five. But with two seventy five on the bar right. was the the five. And I 10 did that version. the very next. He day, did actually. it the next day. Oh, nice. that nice. was a fun little workout. Yeah, so I don't. Don't. Uh, <laughs> That's my so length of in, workout. In order, and my everything else. Was in same. order to ensure that there is not any confusion about, because you know mm-hmm. I can see how it could get confusing. Yes. Like I said, the entire thing runs on a clock. Mm-hmm. So one there's and there's multiple heats each during the day. So mm-hmm. like you can choose to do it in the morning or in the mm-hmm. middle of the day or in the afternoon. And it's all timed on a world clock that starts like 9 a.m. Central or noon Central or 3 p.m. Central. Mm-hmm. So it's like there's the world clock. You're going to go when it hits that time. Mm-hmm. And then each individual partner, I haven't shown you this yet, but each individual partner is going to get a like minute by minute breakdown of what they're expected to do. Mm-hmm. So all they have to do is look at the clock and see oh. this is my running clock this is what i'm supposed to be doing at this moment yeah gotcha. so that's why you can be in completely different places you could have mm. one person in russia and one person in like brazil gotcha. but it's all synchronized on a world clock that's like on our time zone nice 
So it, and it's all therefore it's all uh, AMRAP based and sort it's, of as it's, things. I mean, over. it's not necessarily all AMRAP based because three time. three of the three workouts of are for time. Okay, yeah. there you go. But it's all based but on so then it's running not, okay. on a clock. Oh, so, so, so it's so all like you know that like okay, so at the zero minute mark you're doing this. Mm-hmm. At the twenty five minute mark you're doing this. At the thirty five gotcha. minute mark you're doing this. So is the ones that are for time is there rest built there's, around? That there's or? a caps. Okay. Cool. So you either you either finish it or you have a score that's reps. Word word word. Nice. It's it's cool. I mean, I'm really excited about it. I've gotten a bunch of people uh, signed up already. Like, not a ton of people, but whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like the first time we're doing it. Um, and I've gotten a few different uh, brands that are, like, super pumped about supporting it um, in various ways. Like, mm-hmm. Tupood is going to be giving out belts, I think, to the, uh, nice. the, uh, the, the funny team name division winners. Oh, shit. So I get to pick who gets those belts. Nice. It's going to be sick. Um, I think O2 and, and caffeine kilos are also mm. like pimping it out a little <laughs> bit, which would be cool. I'm fingers crossed. I'm going to get at least one games athlete to participate. Yeah. I've gotten a few who are like, this sounds really cool. Yeah. yeah. Come uh, on, Noah. Olson. And I, and I, <laughs> Con Porter. I was like, yeah, I was, I was telling, you, I was like, guys, you could do this. You can do the entire thing on your own. Yeah. Like you, you could run it. Start yeah. to finish solo and really, really show people. That's the pro scaling if they want that. Sweet, That's sweet the very prize. fucking pro scaling. Just do it all yourself. See what happens. That actually isn't a bad de- decision. If I ever wanted to make it like add a third division, the third division is the you have to do you do the entire partner workout on your own division. Mm-hmm. That wouldn't be too bad. <laughs> I mean, you'd be fucked up. You'd be fucked. I mean, yeah, you'd have to be really fit a, to pull it off. That's an everyday training session for yeah. the like for those guys. People. That's exactly yeah, what I mean. The pro sure. division. Mm-hmm. But anyway, yeah. I'm really excited about yeah, it. That's, that's before lunch. That's this Saturday. Yeah, that is before lunch. That's this mm-hmm. Saturday, uh, August first. I'm super pumped about it. I like it. I, I I'm that. Hey, we'll be there with bells on. That's so. what I'm talking about. Virtually. Thanks, guys. Maybe we could all just be on the broad. Maybe instead of participating, you guys mm-hmm. just we could just do the broadcast together. Yeah, that sounds fun too. Because like I'm just that. gonna do it from this room. Yes. Literally sitting at this desk. Mm. Yes. We will pop in certainly for one of the sessions, but we have to work out in another one of the sessions. Don't you think that's, that's what I'm it? talking about? I'm not about. doing these workouts. <laughs> yeah, that's Katie was asking me. She's like, well, keep you in do- mind, Chase, we're not going to do much of these workouts <laughs> yeah. either. Hard, try as we might. Uh, well, very, very, very little. We're never touching that. That even probably that jump rope at any point. <laughs> Dude, I got. <laughs> I'm f- Cat phrases. I got fucked by the that 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 this session. This is like more. This is like a week's worth of exercise mm-hmm. for me. Uh, in in the course of an uh, hour and a half or in seventy yeah. minutes, it was it was rough. Yeah, Chase was fine. Chase worked out the night, very next day. Mm-hmm. I took like a week off. <laughs> He's still taking that week off. I'm actually. still resting and recovering yeah. from this. That's pretty much how it goes for me. Where I work out these days, I'm sore, and I wait a week and then work out again. So I worked out today. So if the competition is taking place one week from today. So I'll be ready. You're going to be so ready. You're going to be primed. Yeah. That's right. I'm going to tape right into it. Mm-hmm. I'm so pumped, guys. <laughs> like a bulge chomping at the bit to get out of there. His shit is being just shoved into his ass because it's just smashed against the other <laughs> end. Just boxed in there just really horribly in pain. Yeah. His balls squeezed, what? ready to just, just about a rodeo out of there. I think is the idea. Rodeo bull. Yes, ah, yes, okay. yes. There, there we go. go. Okay. There we go. I get it. Mm-hmm. I, get it. I didn't realize they visual. put things up there. I'll, I'll be that eager. Oh, that nice. eager to get out of that box. And nice. just unleash hell on these workouts. <laughs> yes. 
Absolute hell. It's because we're making too many rodeo documentaries lately. (laughs) 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 He's only made like 11 of them in the last three weeks, probably. It's a a high output. The flow is dripping from your voice right there. That's it. That's fantastic. He's he's into it. He's revved up. Have you seen the scarf around his neck? He's a cowboy now. (laughs) He's a cowboy. Mm -hmm. I left my hat in the car. That's right. It's a way of life. Um... I'm ready to wrap this up. Chase, do you have so. anything to add? <clears throat> nah. Nah, I got nothing. You almost PR'd your snatch. Oh, I did almost PR my snatch. I matched it. You know Lifetime what? Talk PR. to me when we when we PR. Yeah, I know, right? Until then, do come we, on. Do we feel like we talked too much inside baseball about CrossFit this week? Yeah, we did. We, we, spent, yeah, we treaded way too close to this. <laughs> yeah, we, went, we talked way too. I don't think anybody's going to be... Nobody outside of the CrossFit space is going to be interested in listening yeah. to this. Because... Eric Rosa, the, mm-hmm. the invitation still stands. Come onto the show and defend yourself. Yeah. You <laughs> six-pack having def- motherfucker. Def- defend, defend yourself. yourself. <laughs> Prove to me you're not know, a cop. I don't know what. <laughs> <laughs> it's entrapment if you come onto the show and you're a cop. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. Let's let's just leave. Let's let's leave it. Let's leave it at that. Let's leave it at that, everybody. Uh, Kyle. Uh, hey, I am at Mr. Kyle Bogart on a wholly inactive Instagram account. <laughs> I don't even have the app on my phone anymore. But Damn. maybe one day. Who's gonna follow those all those Instagram butt models? I know. Who's gonna do it? Not me. Who's gonna post random pictures of flowers and and and, and buildings that I like that? three or four people I know will like on Instagram. Nobody. Who's going to serve that community? I can try. Yeah, Chase, there's an underserved community. Here it comes. You could pick up 10, maybe 11 followers. So. I'm all about it. There you go. Mm-hmm. And you can find me at Cliff Bogard on an Instagram account that's also pretty inactive, but just because I don't see anything interesting in the world to take a picture of, I've <laughs> lost all my interests. So if I acquire another interest, there'll be another photo. Not before. <laughs> Everything's very gray right now. <laughs> That's a great bio right there. If I acquire another interest, there'll be a photo. If not... <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm at Chase504 on Instagram. I have no promises of what happens. <laughs> just, just stay tuned. Someone later, someone will be checking Cliff's Instagram. And it's like, oh, guess Cliff's into boats now. <laughs> Picture of a boat. <laughs> Oh, God. All right. And uh, I'm at Arm and Hammer TV. Thank you so much, everybody. Uh, you can register for the Sneak Fit Summer Series all the way until Friday. Uh, this Friday, July 31st, is the last day to register. You can do that in the link in the description of this video um, or on competitioncorner.net. That's right. And uh, side bets on who will beat Cliff and I in our <laughs> performance. It's going to be tough. It's gonna be it's gonna real be tough, tough to beat. Cliff looks like he's he's yes. revved up and ready to go. Cliff, yeah, I have no go. doubt Cliff will win that first AMRAP. Cliff uh, got between s- the two of you. I mean, uh, he got so erect when I mentioned <laughs> that it's a week from now. Yeah, he might be ready to go right now. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But uh, absolutely. you know, you think he's erect now? Wait till the tease really came back <laughs> a week from now. He's fully recovered. <laughs> exactly. and yeah, wait till he's fully recovered. I, I, I will not not uh, I'll not do anything to. Uh, uh, release my essence. I'll keep my essence intact <laughs> for the next week so that semen retention. Ready. I hear you. You're going to exactly. want to stay away Same from the same dancer as sexies and, and dark, dark crystals. crystals. Exactly, exactly. So those things will steal your essence. Intact. Yes, and your strong. essence remains and uh, your butthole will be mm-hmm. well sunned and yeah. we're going to be ready for it. Mm-hmm. His vital essences, Dr. Strangelove. Thanks, everybody.
See you next time. Later. Later.